0: When he and our, where he and our ancestors died, Jacob went down to Egypt, so even Jacob and the twelve patriarchs died where in egypt, foreign country. these are our heroes, but God was at work, and he was working out his plan sixteen their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb. Their bodies, meaning the patriarchs, meaning the 12 uh, sons of Jacob. Abraham was actually uh, buried in Shechem, uh, so was Jacob. Their bodies uh, eventually buried. And let's look at the map. So um, they have been in the land of Goshen. That is Egypt. Ramesses is kind of the headquarters, kind of where Pharaoh hangs out. And they're going to die in Egypt, and their bodies are going to go to Hebron and Shechem. But it's going to be hundreds of years before their bodies get there. Okay? So the unfolding story of how God worked among his people. Number three, we come down to the last section, verses 17 through 38, how Moses' story fits into God's story. We're only going to get part of it today, and we'll get part of it next week. The blessing of a promise. This is the book of Exodus. This is our focus in Exodus 1 through 20 that we did a few, weeks, few months back. Verse 17, As time drew near for God to fulfill His promise to Abraham. Remember, he's, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to give you descendants. They're going to multiply. You're going to be blessed. You're going to have land. And the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. That is an understatement. The number from 70 in Genesis chapter 50. That's how many people went into Egypt to be saved from the family famine. God took them out of the land of Israel, the promised land, and took them into Egypt, that terrible, evil land, to protect them. And he gave them food there. That was God's plan, and he used Joseph to get them there. That's the story. As time drew near for God to fulfill his promise, what was, what was happening? Israel was growing like hotcakes. God was blessing their socks off literally because they grew from 70 to 2.5 million to 3 million people. They were busy in the land of Goshen. And they were were growing so quickly that the Egyptians began to fear them. What if if an an enemy comes in from the outside and these Hebrews unite with them and overthrow us? And so they become fearful Verses 18 and 19, the struggle of God's people. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. A new king, a new pharaoh. Time has passed. A new king who doesn't know anything about Joseph. He doesn't care about Joseph. Joseph was a Hebrew. He's not an Egyptian. Joseph's not important. Forget him. I'm the pharaoh. I make the rules. A new king came to power in Egypt. Verse 19, He dealt treacherously with our people. Stephen saying our people, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw their newborn babies so that they would die. The new Pharaoh was cruel. He ordered the midwives of the Hebrews to throw the male babies into the Nile River. Do you remember that in the story of Exodus? Infanticide. He, was, he wanted them to stop making babies. Verses 20 through 22, the wisdom of God in raising up a deliverer. At that time, verse 20, Moses was born. He was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. They didn't throw him into the Nile when he was born. They kept him three months. They didn't know what to do, but they kept him. And then what? what did they do? Verse 21, when he was placed outside, when he was placed outside, they put him in a basket that would float. The word is ark. They put him in a basket that w- would float in the Nile River. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. So Pharaoh's daughter discovered this baby And she adopts him and she takes him home. Verse 22, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. So God has a plan for Moses. And God has Moses educated as the top leader in Egypt. He gets the finest education that any leader can get in Egypt during that time. Probably the finest education available in the world at that time. And guess what? He's not in Israel. He's in a country. God is at work outside of this geographical location. Verses 23 through 29. The problem of striving to win uh, without God's help. When Moses was 40 years old, and Stephen's going to divide Moses' life into 40-year periods, and it makes a lot of sense. First 40 years, he's in, Mo- he's in uh, Egypt, and he's becoming this great leader, and then we're going to see in a minute where he heads. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. Apparently, there was some stirring in Moses' heart from God that God was going to use him as a leader, that somehow he was going to identify with his people. We don't know how that all happened. And that somehow he was going to lead God's people out of Egypt. And and Moses just assumes that his people will appreciate his his, uh, presence and and his leadership and what he wants to do for them. Verse 24, he saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian. So he went uh, to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. So Moses saw an injustice it's probably righteous anger he sees this unfairness this cruelty by the egyptian and so he takes uh, justice into his own ha- hands and he kills the egyptian and he thinks hey they're going to appreciate me look what i've done for them verse 25 moses thought that his own people would realize that god was using him to rescue them but they did not Moses made a wrong assumption. Moses was trying to make things happen with his own ability and his own plans. And it wasn't by God's leading or God's enablement or God's power. By the way, have you ever tried to do things that you think are important by trying to control your environment or control people or make things happen and it's not because God is leading you or asking you to or trying to help you? But you're just trying to make it happen. That's what Moses did. Verse 26. The next day, Moses came upon the two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? Moses thinks it's just obvious to everyone that he's there to be their helper. Verse 27. But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside. He probably could have been killed for that if Moses had reacted like an Egyptian. Who made you ruler and judge over us? Good question. God will make Moses ruler and judge over Israel, but not yet. Moses is rushing a bit. Verse 28. Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he was scared to death. He fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. Moses is our great hero. The one that God is is running scared. Where does he go? Does he go to Israel? No, he goes to Midian. Let's see the map. Yeah, there's the map. What I want you to see is way down to right, Midian. That's a wilderness area, and that's where Moses runs to. Moses has been up at Ramesses, and now he flees to the desert, hoping nobody will find him there. Verses 30 through 34, the commissioning of Moses. After 40 years had passed. By the way, you ever have trouble waiting on God? 40 years of waiting. Moses, the deliverer, the hero, the leader, is in the desert getting more education about walking with God. Sometimes we need desert experiences so we learn to trust God and stop trying to pull the strings ourselves and make things happen the way we want them. The commissioning of Moses, verse 30. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of the burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. So God meant personally with Moses... Let's go back to a map. Let's see. We got a map here. See Mount Sinai? Look where Midian was. And so Moses has to get from Midian to Mount Sinai. And he's going to meet with God in a very personal way. And he's going to talk to God. And God's going to talk to him. And he's going to hear God's voice. And that is not near the land of Israel or near the temple. God is at work. Wherever he wants. When Moses saw this, verse 31, he was amazed at the sight. And he went over to get a closer look. And he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear. That's an appropriate response when God's talking to you. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, verse 33, take off your sandals. For the place where you're standing is holy ground. That would have been a spiritual experience. Take off your sandals, Moses. This place is holy. You are in the presence of an important person. And you are just a human. Take off your sandals. This is holy ground. This is not in Israel. It's not in Jerusalem. It's in the desert. Why is it holy? Because God is present. Anywhere God is present, the ground is holy. Is this holy ground? Verse 34 I have indeed seen the oppression, God speaks, of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. Let's look at that map again. Okay, so Moses is now at the burning bush. He's been in Midian. God took him to the burning bush. Now what does God want? I want you to go back to Egypt, Moses. What? Don't you want to go back to the promised land? Nope. My plan is to go to Egypt. And I'm going to do some great things there. I'm going to do some powerful things. I'm going to bring glory to myself in Egypt. Verse 35, the rescue of God's people. This is the same Moses they had rejected uh, with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? God is making him ruler and judge. He He was sent there to be ruler and deliverer by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. Uh, earlier they rejected him. Moses went to his own people and they rejected him. He tried to do it in his own way. God's people rejected Moses the first time. I wonder if God's people reject Jesus the first time. Yeah. Verse 36. He led them out of Egypt and he performed wonders and signs in Egypt. Wow. Miracles. In Egypt. And at the Red Sea. And for 40 years in the wilderness, this is 17 chapters of the book of Exodus, 10 plagues in Egypt, remember that? Miracle after miracle after miracle, God's power on display over the gods of Egypt. God was at work in a mighty way in a foreign country, in Egypt, in the wilderness for 40 years, leading and guiding God's people with his presence. And they don't need the land. They don't need the temple. And that's where they're going to get the law. They're going to receive the law that's so important in a foreign country. Verses 37 and 38. The prophet like Moses. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. This is Moses telling them Of the future. God will raise up a prophet like me. Moses says. Verse 38. He was in the assembly in the wilderness with the the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai with our ancestors. And he received living words to pass on to us. Living words. The word of God. The Ten Commandments. All 613 commandments God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. This is not Israel. This is not Jerusalem. This is not the temple. Because he's going to give them instructions for building a tabernacle later. God was moving in a huge way in the history of his people. Do we have Deuteronomy 18, 15? This is Moses. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. Now, That's unique. Not just a prophet. A prophet like Moses. How many miracles did Moses do? He led them. He was a deliverer. He led the nation. God spoke to Moses. Moses spoke to the people. Like me from among you. He's going to be from among you. He's going to be a Hebrew, a Jewish person from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. Okay, verses 18 and 19. This is God speaking through Moses. God says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you, Moses, from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. This prophet had to be like Moses. God's people should expect to watch for him and to wait for him and pay attention to huge seismic shifts in the spiritual order. A prophet that would change the course of history for God's people. A prophet that was as weighty as Moses, whom God used to establish the Old Covenant. All of the Old Testament, God used Moses to establish that. And there's going to be a new covenant. And that's Jeremiah 31. God's people were saying, We're told, new covenant's coming. There's going to be a prophet like Moses. A prophet who would establish a new covenant, a new covenant, a new testament established by the shed blood of the Lamb of God named Jesus. A prophet who would say, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to me. No one comes to the Father except through me. It was Jesus in Acts chapter 1 who told his followers, you shall be my witnesses. Remember that? This is what holds the whole book of Acts together. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, In Samaria, to the ends of the earth. God's plan, God's work, is going to expand greatly in the new covenant. Because of the prophet named Jesus. He's not just a prophet. He's Savior, he's God. Where are they? They're in Jerusalem. What's going to happen next? Well... We're going to get to chapter 8 and then we're going to get to chapter 9, and the gospel is going to go to Samaria. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Stephen is talking about reaching the Samaritans. That's coming. They're not going to like this at all. Uh, He stirs them up to great hatred, and he's going to become a martyr for the church, and we're going to see that next week. So let's stand together and let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, the story of Stephen and the insight he has into the Old Testament and the working, how you work in history and how you carry out your promises. And God, um, just as we stand before you this morning... We look back and we see how easy, we we wonder why the Old Testament, the, the, the Jewish religious leaders didn't see their Messiah, that they were distracted, that they had core values that really weren't according to truth, according to your heart, and they missed what you had for them. God, are we distracted? Show us right now. Are we distracted in any way about things that you want us to do? Steps of faith, steps of obedience that you want us to take? And it's right in front of us. Show us what that may be. For Jesus' sake. Amen.